Hey everyone, this is Matt Kamen, co-founder of Envision Consulting and the host of the podcast, Nonprofit on the Rocks. Before the pandemic, the part of my job that I loved the most was going on happy hours with my clients, with nonprofit leaders, and just anybody who was a badass do-gooder in nonprofit. Over drinks, I'd learn why they got into nonprofit, what inspires them, what keeps them motivated, and what drives them insane. When everything shut down, I realized how much I missed those conversations. And honestly, drinking alone right now isn't that much fun. So then it occurred to me that not only do these conversations not have to end, but maybe there are like one or two listeners out there who'd like to listen. People like me, who are tired of the same boring industry podcast and want something different. So pull up a seat, pour yourself a drink, and join me in the conversation. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to Nonprofit on the Rocks. This is a Carlin Irvin takeover. I've taken over the show from Matt Kamen. He got jacked for his show because we had to do part two, and he loves me so much, and I'm sure your listeners love me so much. I've taken over the show. <laughs> That's fine. Listen, you can have it. You can have I can? it. You can talk to Ashley. She doesn't care. She doesn't Thank care. Thank you, Ashley. Care. Get with me so we can get with audio and everything else. Yeah, she doesn't care. You just need, the show. All you need is this really big, fancy microphone that I have covering my face right here. That's it. So I want to, well, you're, you're doing the show, not me, but thank you for joining us for our second installation of the Carlin show. Yes. And we're going to end it with some of your music. Actually, we should just play your music for a half hour because no one wants to listen to me. They just want to hear you sing. Let's be honest. Of course. Yeah, nobody wants to. They just want to hear me sing. So you just, you'll what, hear that at the end of the show. Here's what we'll, you were we'll just about. No, no, no. What you were just about to say was, because you did, you stopped yourself. I heard it. You were, about to say, you were about to say, nobody wants to hear you talk. That's what you were about to say. Yeah, okay. I was about to say that. Nobody wants to hear you talk. <laughs> <laughs> they really hear me sing. <laughs> I've taken over. Okay. I know it's true. I know it's true. So for our for this second installation of the mm-hmm. Carlin show, I know, I know that you want to tell everybody how amazing you are and how you work late nights and you're not drinking and blah 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 blah. Yeah. But for yeah. the second installation, what are you drinking tonight? Kombucha again. The second again. time around. The second for the time. Second time. I didn't even finish this glass. That's a week ago. That's a week but ago. But listen, kombucha, you have to show ID to buy this stuff. <laughs> right. right? <laughs> On that note, my friend, let's start the show. Okay. So I do want to talk a little bit about DEI, which for our yes. listener is diversity, equity, and inclusion. That is a yes. big acronym that mm-hmm. people are using, especially in the nonprofit, but in the for-profit space as well. Right. And I don't think that people understand how it works. And I also don't think that people understand all three letters. Mm -hmm. So as the VP of HR and facilities at Chrysalis, talk to me a little bit about DEI, what it means to you and how how a nonprofit or a for-profit, somebody who owns a business should like actually have a policy of DEI, what that looks like. I realize I've asked you 19 questions and, but I think it's important. It's a really important conversation to have. It is. It's really important. So to break down the first part of your question, DEI, those acronyms stand for diversity, equity, and inclusion. So the, to me, and I'm going to give you guys my definition, diversity is, to me, it represents different people 
at an organization, when I say different people, showing up as your whole self, whatever your whole self is, you're able to show up and thrive in a safe and comfortable environment. That is diversity to me, whether it's race, religion, sexual preference, whatever and whoever you are, you should have a place at an organization. That's diversity to me. Equity is being equitable across an organization, making sure that the same benefits, and what I don't mean like health benefits and, and vacation, but the same benefits that are being afforded to others in the organization, they're afforded to all at the organization. And inclusion is the organization is really including people in decision-making processes that are of that diverse background. They are promoting people so that that the promotion process is equitable across an organization and that people have a seat at the table that don't look like each other. Because I, I feel like in those type of environments, you get the best and the brightest ideas. And I don't think any organization should have the same people doing the same thing as boring. We need that. So how do I, thank you. So how do I, as an executive director, of an organization, mm-hmm. how do I bring about a true culture, a true culture of DEI? So I think the first step as an executive director of a nonprofit organization, you have to get get the pulse of your people. First, you just want to survey your staff, and it can be a cultural survey of the organization. It can engage staff, and you can ask pointed questions to your staff on what do they want to see more of. Do they feel like um, there's enough promotions in the organization? Do they feel like everyone is represented across the board at the organization? And then I would set up as an executive director, I would form a committee. I would form a DEI committee. And that DEI committee can be representatives from each, representing each department of the organization so that people have their voices heard at that table and then set action items. But the most important thing that I do want to point out, leadership at the organization should be 100% on board with this effort. Like every single person in the leadership position as well as the board of directors. When you form that committee in those action items, then you need to start setting those action items in place. The one thing we just did at Chrysalis, we just distributed a demographic survey so that we can have a point to measure. So the demographic survey is an anonymous survey that we send out to our staff. And there are anonymous questions on there because we do want to know how are people sexually identifying at Christmas? Mm. What race do we have? Like what religion? And at first I was a little like, wait a minute, why are we asking about religion? But that's important because we want to know, are we offering you know, holidays that are important to a subset of our um, staff? From this DEI data that we're going to get back, and last week we just sent the survey to our volunteers at Chrysalis as well as our board of directors. Now we can start measuring. So we want to focus in the areas of recruiting. That's where we're starting our DEI work in recruiting and internal promotions. We can set markers and measure this work. And this is not going to be done overnight. And that's what executive directors need to understand. DEI, this work is new across a lot of organizations and I think across this These are catchphrases, you know, DEI, we have a DEI program, but what good is it if it's just sitting on a shelf somewhere? 
So there needs to be action items and the staff truly needs to see movement with this work at an organization. So first, survey your staff, gather this data, form that committee, let the committee meet, let it run itself, report up. You can have an executive um, representative on that committee that can report up to the exec or the senior leadership team. And then those action items are critical and key. And, and action items are different for every single organization and what that looks like. Okay. So I have a question. Yeah. I have a total inappropriate question. So it was Hanukkah and I come into the office one day and one of my employees had set up a nativity scene on my desk. Right, so it's like Jesus is in the middle and there's some animals. I don't know, I'm Jewish, right. I don't really know how this works. They're like animals and like three mm -hmm. men and why mm -hmm. they're bringing him gold, silver and whatever, I don't understand, but whatever, that's a whole other conversation. So that somebody had, he had set up a nativity scene on my desk. Mm -hmm. At what point do we cross the line? Because I'm just gonna say, I found that hilarious, but I know most people wouldn't have. Right, and so that was crossing the line, right? Because I always like to tell people it's about perception. You thought it was funny. You thought it was hilarious. I could have been pissed off about that and filed a formal complaint or a formal grievance because that's cross. You can't do that type of stuff. Like, don't do that. Like, just think three times before you do something in the workplace because that was clearly crossing the line. And had you been offended or had you taken offense to that, your perception of that would have been like, I'm going to file a complaint. Right. And then as HR, we have to act on that complaint. So that right. was crossing the line. So putting in a, <laughs> so don't put an activity scene on a Jewish person's desk. That's what you're talking about. Don't do that. Yeah, don't, please don't do that. <laughs> why, do does a baby, do that. why does a baby want gold, silver, and what is it, incense? No, what is it? Gold, silver, and... Oh my God. Um, gold, silver, frankincense. I don't frankincense. know. Frankincense. We don't even know what that means, by okay. the way. I don't know what that means. Is I that, think they were incense. I think it was like, I don't know, an oil. Why does, it, why does a baby need gold and silver and incense? Can you tell I me? I think that? because, okay, so she had them in a manger, right? I don't even know what that means. What is a manger, by the way? So a manger, like back then, like if a manger was like where you kept your animals. Like a barn? Like a barn. Okay. Great, a barn. Okay. Okay. And so I guess when they were bringing the gifts to little baby Jesus and Mary and Joseph, that was them offering up their gift. You know, you go to a baby shower. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they give the parents gifts and stuff. That's how I interpret it. Why they were, maybe they were giving the gifts to the parents. I mean, really I, feel like, I feel like, I feel like if I had a baby, I'd want my friends to give me gold. But not yeah. incense, not incense, by the way. You're no. like, no, no, the baby, exactly. <laughs> like, why are you giving the baby incense? <laughs> so funny. Oh, God. But anyway, yeah, that I was, was like, wow, that was crossing the line. That's like, crossing the line. All right. Yeah. All right, fine. So he shouldn't have put the nativity scene on a Jewish person's desk for Hanukkah. No, no, not at all. I think that was crossing the line. I, I think he thought he was being funny too. And that's the thing too. Sometimes people think they are being so funny and it's like, that wasn't funny. That's not funny. <laughs> that's not funny. All right. All right. All right. Fine. And I guess, you know, you have to like be like, yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. you should, we need you at our office, by the way, because we are inappropriate at our office. Thank Just, you. Yeah. I'm, it's, it's mainly me making gay jokes and Jewish jokes, by the way. Totally me. But I Matt, know. You cannot do that. <laughs> 
Yeah. Believe me, I know, but we just. <laughs> but it's funny. You're like, <laughs> trying to be funny here. <laughs> I know, I know. All right. So I want to just really quickly. Okay. So I have three questions for you. Yes. If I want to get into HR and I want to do your job, what mm-hmm. do I need to do? What do I so need to do? You- if you want to get an HR, you want to do my job, I would recommend you start out in maybe an HR assistant or coordinator position or even an admin role so you can learn everything you need to learn. Hone the skills, like be a generalist if you start out. And what a generalist is, is an HR person that specializes in every single um, facet of HR. Get in as a coordinator, learn as much as you can. And if you can get your organization to invest in you, or sometimes you got to invest in yourself, I do it all the time. I would recommend now in today's society, you get certified. And and it's going to take you some time to do that. You need at least three to five years of HR experience. So first, get in at the ground level, start out as a coordinator, HR assistant, learn as much as you can, ask as many questions and then study for the certification exams because once you get those certifications and or a certification, that's gonna set you apart from other people in HR. It's gonna show employers and show clients if you wanna have your own consulting um, firm that you have gone that extra mile in human resources. And just learn on the job. Every single day is gonna be a different situation, a different incident, a different, scenario and learn from your mistakes. You're not going to know everything. It's going to take years for you to really be able to have that HR instinct. But that would be my advice for you if you want to okay. get involved in HR. I think I think people need to know the difference between exempt and non-exempt. I think that's a big deal that people don't know. Yes. Very big deal. Yeah, exactly. So if you don't know what the word <laughs> classification means, you should probably yeah. learn that. Yeah, you should. You should just get an HR one-on-one book. There's plenty of books out there. And YouTube, hey, you know, YouTube is sometimes people's best friend in Google. That's true. So if somebody came to you and they just graduated college and they were like, should I do this? Should I go into HR? This is, you know, something I I like people. What would Mm -hmm. you say? Of course, I'm going to tell them yes, because I love what I do. I love my profession, but I would really sit them down and and let them know, is this something that you really want to do? Like really think about this career path for yourself, because it can take you in many different avenues. I would tell them yes, if their heart is in it and they really want to roll up their sleeves and really become a master in this craft, then do it. If your heart is not in it, you hate people like Matt. I do hate people. I do. If you hate people, if you hate silly questions and you do not have patience, I would advise you against it. Okay. I'd advise you against it. How do you, I mean, anyway, that's the whole other world. I mean, we've had, I've had so many people just complain about like a trash can or like, or like they're like the t-shirt that the organization makes them wear. Mm -hmm. You have to be okay with that. You have to ignore that. You have to, if you get caught up in that, you're going to be just as crazy as the the complainers as I have named them. People are going to complain about everything and you got to, you got to have thick skin. I've learned to develop thick skin in HR. Well, what I've learned from you is if I don't have a relationship with Queen B and whomever it is I dislike, it's not going to work. It's never going to work. It's not going to work. It's all about that relationship. It's all about Beyonce. It's all about Beyonce. It's all about, and you got to be fabulous at work. 
I mean, <laughs> okay. So three questions. Yes. You could do anything else in the world besides in HR, right? Besides being the VP of HR, anything else in the world, what would it be? Beyonce. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I would sing. No, I would totally be an entertainer. I would be like Tony Robbins, inspiring hundreds of thousands of people, super rich. That's do you, all I'm do you sing? I do sing. Do you sing? Oh, we're, do. Gonna have, we're gonna have to do that another time. I would love for you to be super rich. And by the way, when you are super rich, yes. then you need to send me, you need to send a private jet Charter okay, you got it. I want to take off from my backyard. And then okay. I want to end up on your yacht, wherever you are. I'd like to be in the Mediterranean, but I, I don't need to be that choosy. Just I love that. Hey, I, I like my dream trip is Santorini, Greece. Done. So we'll take the yacht there. Done. I'm going with you, just so you know. Okay, please. Well, it's going to be so much fun. Tonight is your, fam- is your final meal. Tomorrow, <laughs> the world ends with COVID. Tonight's your final <laughs> meal. What do you have? Oh my God. I'm going to have my all time favorite meal. It is Cuban food. So it is Cuban steak. Nice. With rice, black beans, and some plantains, and a good mojo. And a mojo is Cuban sauce. It's like a garlicky, citrusy sauce. Mm. That would be my last meal. And I would mm. be so happy. You just made me real hungry. <laughs> and I gotta tell you, I'm the laziest human being, and my husband left me tonight to go to a friend's mm-hmm. house. I, does he cook? Does he do all the cooking? He does, but when he's not here, I'm eating peanut butter and jelly. So, like, Matt, come on. Uh, I'm, coming gotta, over, Carlin. I'm coming over, Carlin. I'm coming over. You're gonna make I me know. some food. You're gonna make me yes. some food. I mean, yes. but you're just saying you have to work for the rest of the night. So obviously that's not going to happen. I'm, Mar- okay. I'm going to talk to Mark. I'm going to talk to Mark. I'm going to tell Mark, you know, they, they, I'm working over there. I'm, I'm wrapping up our work from home policies because it looks like we're going to be working from home a lot longer than Long we Long time we're going to be working from home. I know. Okay. Yeah. And last question. Have you ever seen a ghost? I'm scared of that stuff, but I have. I have seen a ghost. Where were you? I was in my aunt's house. And she died. She didn't die in the house, but she died. And I was staying with my little cousin, her son. And it was just him and I in the house. And I could have sworn I saw her walk past the door in her nightgown. Wow. And it freaked me out. How old were you? 26. Okay, fine. So this wasn't like when you were like eight years old. No. Oh my gosh. No, no. I saw the exorcist when I was a little girl and I refused to wear a blue gown like Linda Blair had. <laughs> I was like, I'm not wearing a blue gown. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. I don't think I've, I don't think I've, I've always wanted to see a ghost. I've certainly mm-hmm. felt, I felt a ghost, but I've never seen one. You saw one. That's, I, you saw I'm one. I'm telling you that was, it was scary. You saw one. Really, really scary. Yeah, I did. Wow. And I, I don't like that type of stuff because I'm scared. Like, <laughs> I can't do it. So if, is there anything else that I should have asked you that I did not ask you that you think that now are, we may not have any listeners left. They may have all dropped off at this point. So it could just be you I and hope I. Not. I hope not. could be you and I talking. And just so you know, Ashley, who's our producer, mm-hmm. at this point we should talk a lot of shit about her because I just want you to know she's the one who makes all those Jewish jokes at the office, not me. She does Ooh, Ashley. 
Oh, Ashley does it. it. We'll talk to Ashley later. Is there anything anything that you want our, you know, listener, listeners, how many are there to know that I didn't ask you anything to do with HR? Yes. So I want your listeners to know this. Been doing HR for over 24 years now and I'm still fabulous. Okay. H has nothing to do with it. But HR sometimes can be a very serious profession, and I've, I've encountered a lot of HR people that are very serious and very rigid and just black and white. Have fun. Don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take people too seriously. Do your job. Do it well. Love what you do. But I have always incorporated the model, I'm going to have fun in HR. I'm going to make it exciting. And I just do things a little different than some HR people that, that I've met. And it doesn't have to be so blah and boring. You can have fun with this profession and you can actually really have a cool personality being an HR professional. I like that a lot. Wait, by the way, you know what I want to do because we didn't do it. You were what? at USC. You were mm-hmm. working in the bookstore. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we got to how you got to where you are now. So left USC bookstores went to Cal State Northridge, left Cal State Northridge, went to New York, got a record deal with Sony Records. Okay. Um, wait, within wait, a singing to, group. To sing? To sing, yes. I know this is the crazy part of my life. Got a record deal to sing and got signed to Sony Records. Mariah Carey's husband at the time signed us, Tommy Matola. We recorded a record, lost the record deal because we went over budget. 200 times, but I had fun. I traveled to New York and Atlanta and worked with some of the best producers that are out there and ended up marrying one. That's what I was going to say. Is that how you met your husband? That's how you met your husband. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I met him. Wait, wait, you were like, you got signed as a singer. Yep. Do you have a record? Do you have something to play? Like, can I hear it? It's on... Matt, it's on cassette tape. That's how old it is. It's on cassette tape. That's listen. Nobody has a cassette I'm a, tape. I'm gonna find it. I'm going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna reach out to one of my group members because I know that she has digitized this stuff, and I'm gonna have her and I'm gonna send it over to you, and I'll send you our picture. But because I, because I, because I, because I want to mm-hmm. end this show on your song. I want to end oh the show. Oh my god! On your song, so you need to. Well, get- you know what? I can give you something that my husband has produced on me too. Okay, good, good, perfect. So we'll do that. And so I've lived two separate lives, had a singing career. It was not for me. Like it, it just was not for me. And I don't know if it was the group thing or I just needed to be Beyonce on my own. It was just not for me. And I got serious. I got a job at the Los Angeles Sentinel newspaper and got mentored by the, the publisher and who just so happened to be an attorney. And he mentored me and showed me everything I needed to know. And I fell in love with HR there and just worked my way up throughout all of these years, really gravitating towards nonprofits whose vision, mission, and values align with my personal vision, mission, and values. And got certified and went back to school, got my MBA, and just really have Every single organization that I've gone to, I've wanted to add value, add change, and really set up structure in HR. And I'm proud to say, I'm just proud of my body of work as a human resources professional. Uh, That's how I've gotten to where I am today. 
But what is so amazing to me about this, and what I think is so amazing that I'm really happy that we talked about this because I didn't know this about you, is that you ha- you were in the music industry and you left the music industry to go yeah. into HR. To go into HR. So, I so I just want everybody to hear this, that like, if you have a choice between, yeah. you know, being Beyonce mm-hmm. or being Carlin as the VP of HR, you better, right. you better choose being Carlin. You better choose it because their Beyonce's are one in a million, right? Not saying that people cannot get to that level of success where she's gotten, but you can be a me, right? That's, that is totally attainable. No, no, no. We can't just be your... No, I'm, yeah, I'm phenomenal. No, everybody can't be me. Listen, let me, let listen, me rewind that. Listen, listen. You're amazing. Listen. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I I love what I do. And I have a passion for HR. And I think it comes out in my work. I'm responsive and at Chrysalis, you know, staff, if they're like, I really need to talk to you, I will do that seven o'clock in the evening if I have to. I just helped a young lady who lost her husband. He worked for the organization and she didn't. And she texted me over the weekend and she's like, I really need your help filling out this paperwork. And I did it. I stopped everything I was doing on my weekend. And I said, this is what I do. And I love to serve. And if you do not have a servant mentality, HR is not for you. I, this is, there's so much more that you and I need to talk about. I had no idea about all this music industry information. So like, here's what I want. I want you to send me something that we can end this show on. Okay. I also am looking at your face and I hate you because you have no wrinkles and it reminds me that I need to go get Botox, which is really annoying because <laughs> it's hard It's hard to get Botox in the age of COVID, but I need to go and, and I need to get mm-hmm. filler. There's like this line on my wrinkle. I just, no, I don't see any lines. So I don't. That's because my lights are off in my house. Let's be honest. You can't see on Zoom, but there is, no. there is a line right here. Have you ever gotten fillers? Oh yeah. I get filler and Botox. Do you? Yes. Okay, Matt, don't get too much because I don't want your, you know, some people get too much and their face is like this. I need to look young. I I am gay, Carlin. Collagen. Listen, let me tell you what you do. I don't have my smoothie cup anymore. Every single morning, let me tell you my secret because I am not a spring chicken. Okay. I blend up coconut water with my pineapples and strawberries and blueberries and I put a tablespoon of collagen in my smoothie. And you drink that. And you drink that. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I just want you to know, I want everybody to know, because you can't see it, that Carlin has zero wrinkles on her face. Whereas, and, and hasn't done any work, by the way. I have not gotten any work done. Okay. And I have, and I have, and I will need to do more. I got to pull this neck. I got a lot of things I need to do. It's COVID. I'm not seeing anybody, but I still, (laughs) I still need to see it. (laughs) I still got to do my work. You still got to listen. Every single day, Matt, I take two showers a day, like my bath time in the evening. But I bathe. I put on deodorant. I act as if I am going into the office. It's a mindset thing. I mean, uh, I, what you're telling me yet again is I need to put deodorant on. That's what you're telling me. Because <laughs> <laughs> I cannot get past the deodorant thing. Put deodorant on, please. So on that lovely note, I thank you so much so so much you very quickly want to give a 15 second shout out to chrysalis and what you do at chrysalis 
Yes. So I want to give a shout out to Chrysalis. We are doing some amazing things, you guys. We are employing so many people. I don't know the exact number, but I think to date in COVID, we have employed close to or a little over 2,000 people. And that is the gist of what we do. We change lives through jobs, through job readiness. I have an amazing team. It's an amazing organization. And we are doing some groundbreaking things at Chrysalis. And HR is killing the game. And shout out to my HR team and my facilities team and the senior team at Chrysalis. All right. And also, by the way, and also Mark, who is a fantastic CEO. Mark is amazing. He, to date, he's an amazing boss. Just I love his thought process, and he's a great thought partner with me and just an amazing leader. And if anybody else on the C-suite at Chrysalis is listening, Trevor, I see you. Yeah. On that note, guys, thank you so much. Carlin, you've yeah. been amazing. And thank I, you, Matt. It's been a pleasure. Has yes. it been a pleasure? Are you lying to me? You're an HR. No, I'm not. I want to come back. You have to have me come back so we right. can pick a topic and act crazy. You know, I don't know, because HR is a people pleaser. And so you might be telling me how amazing this is, but I don't know. If no, it's, it's, it's absolutely amazing. I want to see your numbers, demographic. Oh, well, the number, don't, you don't want to ask for the numbers because you may be like, I wasted an hour of my time. Anyway, <laughs> thank you. Have a thank lovely, you. lovely evening. You and, too. We'll chat later. Hey, Ashley. Hey, Matt. Have you fallen asleep during all of my previous shows? I mean, I feel like I knew you were having a hard time sleeping at night. I thought this would, you know, help you. It's honestly been such an antidote, Matt. I don't need to take Xanax anymore. I just listened to your show and it puts me, I mean, it's like within seconds, I'm out. So like not even past the first minute? You can't even, do you even make it past me pouring booze? No, it's the sound (laughs) of the booze that actually puts me to sleep. It's like a fountain. It's like a very zen-like experience for me. I I have to be honest with you. I need to drink the booze so that I can listen to myself for like a half hour. Just, I'm not even lying to you. It's it's what gets me through the day. (laughs) Oh, and how it gets you through you. Through just (laughs) existing as you. What I am beyond excited about for this one, aside from Beyonce, is that we're going to play Carlin's music at the end of this show. So as we like go out, our viewers are going to, viewers, our listener is going to be able to hear Carlin singing. And she was managed by Rosie Perez. What? Okay, wait, do you want to hear my Rosie Perez impersonation? Uh, I mean, of course. I I don't know. I could get, this could be like, people, you need to go into the SNL space for this. Uh, Yeah. So hopefully this won't get us flagged, but... um... I don't know. I feel like I'm putting myself on the spot here. What if Lorne Michaels is one of our three people listening? From White Men Can't Jump. Uh, who's the star with a letter Q, please, Alex? What is Quiche? What is Quint? What is Quail? And from one of my favorites, It Could Happen to You, Bridget Fonda, Nicolas Cage classic. I have wings. I need to fly. I'm just saying. If Rosie Perez is listening to I this, will. I hope she appreciates that. If Rosie Perez is listening to this, she's going to be like, who is that? That wasn't. Who is that? Wait, wait. Let me have her fired right now. <laughs> so Matt, I'm so excited to listen to Carlin's music, but who do we have coming up on the next episode? So on the next episode, if again, you can make it through today, mm-hmm. to my friend Ileana Tavera, who is the executive director of Haven Hills, which is an amazing organization in the Valley. And we're going to hear all about it next week. Well, thank you, Ashley, for uh, doing like a, a half-ass job. Let's, are you even good enough for half-ass at this point? 
Matt, is anyone doing more than half ass in COVID? I think I feel like half ass is gold star level in COVID. So All right. And and I feel like you're also coming to us from like a pool in Arizona or where did you go? Texas? <laughs> where did you go right? Where are you right now? I'm at the Playboy Mansion. The Playboy Mansion. Oh, yeah. I just I know a couple people. It's <laughs> You did show up to our Zoom call this morning topless, so. <laughs> you know, Matt, you, when in Rome, okay? <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. All right, well, thank you, Ashley. And on that note, without further ado, as promised, here is Carlin Irvin and DJ Bobcat's Groove On. Start it right. 